Coming to you from the heart of the Great White North. Welcome to the Canadian Prepper Podcast. Immerse yourself in the world of preparedness with insights from seasoned experts and a touch of Canadian practicality. Your go-to source for all things survival, resilience, and self-reliance. Now, let's kick off another episode packed with knowledge and strategies to ensure you're ready for whatever life may throw your way. Stay tuned and let the journey to preparedness begin. Welcome to episode number 227 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording January 21st, 2024. My name's Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Doesn't that work contrary to their downsizing plans? Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to buy gear to help you downsize. That's right. Fair enough. Uh, my name is Ian. I'm a homesteader on Vancouver Island who has no idea how OPSEC works. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. And I'm Brad. I'm in eastern Ontario, part-time amateur prepper, learning as I go. And I'm the Frugal Gunny. I recently moved to Northern Ontario, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. I'm an off-gridder, a shooter, a hunter, fisher, gatherer, trapper type, and a generalist. And it's only very recently that I came to accept that I'm a prepper. And if you want to support the show, embrace our new intro and buy some swag, we have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and a tactical Velcro patch at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help cover our podcast costs. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and submit a review uh, wherever you may have found us. We want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's uh, topic ideas, uh, if you want to reach out to us and tell us something you learned this week, you can email us, feedback, prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, bare-bones content for you in this episode. We'll start off, as usual, with some relevant news. We'll move into what we've done for our own preparedness since the last episode. We're going to get to the main topic. We're talking about essential preps when downsizing. So let's uh, touch on the news. Well, brace yourselves. Uh, BC not only had to deal with the cold snap last week, now we had to deal with snow. You know how well BC does with that. About as well as Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Like I know, like a foot of snow is like Tuesday, where you guys are. I get that, but <laughs> but for us, that was like record setting. So the previous record for, for example, Abbotsford, which is just inland from Vancouver, uh, was like I think four centimeters in a day, and they got ten. So like they doubled their snowfall record. But out where I am, we got about a foot, and uh, of course we live on like a twenty degree incline for a driveway and everything else. It's <laughs> sporting real fast. So. Uh, yeah, I actually left my one child and uh, her friend behind and uh, left, left them snowbound for a weekend while I went and did my other stuff. So that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, university classes canceled. They went online. There's a transit strike going on right now. There's all sorts of messy stuff happening right now in BC. So the lower mainland's a complete write-off, and I don't think we were much uh, much better than they were. So interesting times. Anyway. Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun, but... 
Mm. And now we're up to plus 12 by the end of next week. So, I mean, we're plus six right now. So, I mean, like, it's going to be like flooding next week. So that's what we'll talk about then. So, <laughs> well, I was driving <laughs> home yesterday. The actually, there's about like eight new potholes on the highway, and like they're all tire killers. So, I was like, oh, this is going to be fascinating next week. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, Alberta Grid uh, had some uh, sort of an advisory last week. So, they, they actually sent out like a, a Amber Alert equivalent in Alberta. And sure basically did. said, yeah, everybody stop what you're doing. You know, there's this rap line like that. Stop what you're doing. Never mind. Um, yeah, they had to stop uh, charging everything. So uh, they said basically, yeah, stop using lights, stop using heat pumps, stop using, stop charging your cars. <laughs> the whole works because our grid can't handle it anymore with the extreme cold. So um, <laughs> going to be more sporting, of course, when more electric vehicles hit the road and everybody switches over to more heat pumps versus natural gas. It's only going to get worse from here with more people arriving every year. Um I think we're going to see this more and more often, but anyway, uh, so Alberta of all places that like thrives on natural gas power plants and has grid uh, hydro from Northern BC coming in and solar arrays down in Southern Alberta, they couldn't handle it. So. And Saskatchewan, I think diverted uh, some excess electricity to them as well. Yeah. And so it was a big mess. I mean, kudos to the Albertans. Cause I think within 15 minutes, they said they had a hundred megawatt per hour drop. Um, yeah, which was fantastic. And then I guess a couple hours later, down to 200 megawatts uh, usage reduction. So, so good everyone unplugged their cars? Is that what happened? I don't know. Or they just turned off their furnace for a while, which obviously is not sustainable in cold weather. But, um, yeah, it's pretty sad when they, they're, they're putting all their, their you know cards on, on one thing. And that one thing being the grid is not up to the task already. And it's just starting. And they've got, like, what, another six years before they want to have all electric vehicles? It's going to say 2035. Don't worry. They have have no clue what they're in for. They really don't. Yeah. That's just, anyway, that's what all I had. Or maybe they do have it. Yeah. Maybe they know exactly what's going (laughs) on. There's frugal. Then they want to leave the world behind or something like that. Right. (laughs) You forgot your tinfoil hat. Oh, geez. Where did I put it down? Oh, no. (laughs) I'm unprepared. All right, for myself, I got a quick uh, article here uh, just in regards to the federal uh, investment supports uh, emergency preparedness in Cape Breton uh, regional municipalities. So long story short of it, they are helping to build out some uh, shelters and update some uh, older shelters um, for places for people to go during uh, disaster events. So nice to see the government's trying. It's a good show. Yeah, hey. What are those, what, are those right. nine, what are those nine best or worst words to hear? I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. And I'm here to help. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Boy, hello, Monday night podcast. <laughs> oh, crap. Crap. I'm early. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move into what we've done lately for prep, shall we? Start with Brad. Well, let's see here. Uh, I haven't been here in a while. Uh, over the holidays, did some uh, basement cleanup and reorganizing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, fuel rotation stuff, uh, made some uh, uh, chainsaw gas. That's the word I was looking for. Wiring work in my basement and uh, both bathrooms. Planning out projects for 2024, hoping to complete everything or at least have uh, 85% of the projects we wanted to get done to completion and work, 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 and a little bit more work. 
that two completion is pretty key. That last 5% is always the toughest, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we have like 10 different projects, a couple of them good size ones. As long as I get those three or four, you know, like medium good size ones done, I'll be happy. The other ones are okay. I can I can work at those over the winter again next winter and complete them. So I'll be all right with that. So I've uh, haven't been up to much. I've uh, now that we have snow on the ground. Um, I'm part of our local snowmobile club. I get out, I groom trails and do that kind of stuff. So I've kind of been crazy busy with that. For now, as Ian said, temperatures are going to go up. Uh, I've done some fuel rotation and I did my generator test runs and that's been about it. Jeff is in his happy you're place. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and you're actually testing some equipment before you actually needed to use it? Shh, don't oh, give away oh, my oh. secrets. <laughs> All right. So for myself, um, since we went over uh, phishing attacks and all that cybersecurity stuff in the, the last episode, I uh, I made the jump and said goodbye to Windows and hopped over to Linux full time. So uh, my Windows machine now lives in a virtual box and uh, Linux machine is the full time uh, installation. So streaming to you tonight from Ubuntu Linux and it works. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Uh, so I, I tried to do it a few times in the past and it's never gone over well, but uh so far, so good. So that uh, that was a little bit of an undertaking. Um, beyond that, I've been setting up um, Dr. Alton and Nurse Amy to come on uh, next week's show. So I've been chatting back and forth with them. We've got everything lined up. So uh, next week should be fun. Good to see them again. Yeah, it's been a while. So it'll be the third visit, I think. Uh, it'll be the third. Yep. Right on. Uh, as for myself, let's see here. I did my annual U.S. Uh, cross-border shopping trip slash tourism thing. So we just spent 48 hours just south of the border. Uh, got to check out a couple of museums. Uh, picked up some man Tupperware, meaning like big green plastic containers from the Cabela's down there that are super cheap. And a giant water tub for water rainwater collection. So 100-gallon rainwater tub, and it's uh, about half the price you'd pay in Canada, which is pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, filled up the back of the truck pretty well. Um, still dealing with the snowfall fallout. Like I said, I basically abandoned my my child and then uh, headed down south. And thank you just for the 4x4 because I don't think we would have gotten very far down the States without it. Should, should we clarify before people get angry that your child is actually adult age? Why would you want to ruin it like Ish. that? I want to sound like I want to sound like a deadbeat parent. It was great. I left the to- I, I mean, I left the toilet seat up. So what else do they yeah, want, we, right? It also helps us identify the fact that you're old. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, carry on. No, she actually came back. With, with, yeah, she came back to take care of the house, which was good. So uh, the chickens and the dogs and everything else were all in good hands. So anyway, uh, let's see here. What else did I do? Oh yeah, so see a couple minor gun post deals. So there you go. Just so, you, just so you didn't feel left out, I uh, I managed to get back on that wagon again. There's Ian. Oh, yeah. No He's CGN back. though? No, I mean, CGN's <laughs> kind of, uh, it's actually on the wane a little bit because they've gone a little bit stupid with uh, some other policies. So Gunpost is oh, really... I, I was just wondering if they were waning because you were no longer there to support them. Well, it turns out... I knew, I knew the New Year's resolutions would disappear by this uh, this episode. <laughs> but But they were not what you would think. So I would just, I just, they were minor deals, like very small parts. They all fit in like boxes mm-hmm. like this. So it was great. Um, let's see here. I got a couple more rafters up on the uh, hay shed uh, storage unit. So I'm almost ready to throw up some plywood on that. And let's see here. 
that's pretty much it. I think down the states it was kind of disappointing because between our our weakening Canadian dollar and inflation down there, and the fact that everything has gone up, a bit of a letdown for the trip. I mean, honestly, like normally we come back with a truck full, but you have to pick and choose your deals. Like I think we got a couple of the gamma lids here for like four dollars or six dollars US, something like that, and they're like at least fifteen up here. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff to be had down there, but still fun to check out like Harbor Freight and places like that. So. But that was it for me. The water tote that you got, was that yep. an ICB tote? No, it's actually a Rubbermaid, like, uh, it looks like a like uh, just an oval kind of, like, actual tub. Uh, the reason we went with that is because eventually we'll go with a proper water storage system for rainwater collection. However, that's going to be doubling as the cold plunge pool for the uh, sauna eventually when that gets built. Oh, Gotcha. So we can go in the hot sauna and then hop out and do the cold plunge. Yes. I love it. Yeah, Wim Hof method. Yeah, you know it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're talking like kind of crazy. I like it. Yeah. Well done. Well, what have I been up to on my end? Uh, gosh, I'm working for a new company, so switching my routine and still figuring out how I'm going to adapt my EDC. Oh, probably won't change very much. Uh, otherwise, I'm getting ready to film my next big project, which is that big mobile power pack. I've been dying to finish that. And uh, the biggest part is going to be figuring out how to properly secure that much weight into a mobile case. That should be fun. Um, I'm also looking to make the video a lot better than the previous ones. And I'm talking just better camera work, better music, well, actual music. Imagine that. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Um, I'm not too happy with how the first ones turned out. I had some pretty, pretty shoddy camera work in there and, uh, I want to do it a lot better. So, uh, that's what I've been prepping for. Otherwise staying the course and just work, work, work. Hopefully use some ACDC with that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's oh, favorite workout music, man. I tell you, oh, hey, it's, it's 120 beats per minute, man. So Who invited the intern? <laughs> hey, we've all got to start somewhere, guys. Give the intern a break. I, I all right, I, exactly. I'm new to this. Just you know, my dad humor can 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 mellow for a while. Um, random question though, about your power pack: Is it going to have like um like fans for cooling and kind of an inverter in there and everything, or is it just straight DC? I will probably not have any cooling fans. I want it to be relatively weatherproof in case I want to use it to power my boat motor. So it's actually going to have um, a quick detach boat motor connector that will be good for up to 50 amps of delivery. Nice. Uh, but I'm also going to have a connector to come out of there and feed. I've got plans to put in like a 1200 watt uh, inverter plug that can go outboard of it because there's a nice little plug that will allow that happen so if i want an inverter to be powered by that unit i can uh, but it's all going to be mostly native 12 volt stuff but it will have the capability to be charged directly with the solar panels i have that are mobile as well cool. very nice yeah it's, uh, okay. it's going to be a lot of functionality packed into a small space. So it should be a lot of me fiddling around with it. And I'm not sure I'm going to film all that. I'm going to mostly try and make it interesting. Lots of short 15 second cuts, maximum length. It's you know, like you're following the uh, YouTube algorithm and doing a bunch <laughs> of shorts. 
Well, I'm going to try and do lots of lots of little shorts and assemble them together because apparently human tension spans are really short nowadays. And so to keep it interesting, you want... What are we doing? Yeah, okay, so did uh, you say yeah. something? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I kind of took it up there. Huh? <laughs> you know it. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good good segue to move into the main topic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a, tonight we're we're talking about uh, downsizing and and getting into compact type of living and just about um, having to get your preps from maybe a larger space down into maybe like from a full size home into an apartment or into a car or just any kind of smaller space and kind of what we would do or how we would go about that and. Uh, yeah, just some best practices that all of us kind of came up with. So, well, I think with you guys, you guys were doing it from a, like a downsizing thing. I was kind of coming at it from a yeah. moving thing, and um, so that's so, yeah. Yeah, I figured it. it yeah, it, it also comes to handy. You know, if you do have to do a major move, like I've uh, this is actually my twenty eighth house. I counted it for, for my lifetime. Eight. So, yeah, not including the the wow. stint, in, stint in Toronto because I didn't actually move there per se, just other than my car. So, uh, I wouldn't admit to that either. Yeah, but exactly. But I've been, I've actually lived in twenty eight different residences during my lifetime. So I was like, okay, so I've done this a few times. Um, my last major move, of course, being from Ontario to BC uh, in twenty thirteen, opsec ruined. And uh, yeah, one thing you got to remember when you're downsizing <laughs> is whenever you're moving, you're paying by the pound. And uh, well, I don't consider I don't consider that lead has any weight when it comes to moving. I. Uh, <laughs> For, for reasons. <laughs> but, uh, we will all agree with you here. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, there's certain things you, you won't want to downsize no matter what. But um, yeah, I guess a couple uh, things right off the bat is OPSEC is actually kind of key when you're downsizing your preps because when you're carting stuff out of your house or getting rid of stuff, whether it be giving away to, to other people, selling to other people, you don't really want to give away that you are a prepper for one and that, that you have a bunch of it. So um you know, on top of it, like you know, when you're if you are selling a house or if you're even like moving out or like renting out the space or whatever, obviously you want to move stuff out ahead of time, meaning either to a storage unit or into a trailer or whatever. So people don't see what you have. So for OPSEC reasons and even uh, dangerous goods stuff, like I mean, um, most movers will not touch dangerous goods. And so if you're going to use a mover, even you know, if you're going to rent a U-Haul van, they don't really want you to have propane, jerry cans, paint, ammo, whatever. Um, so nothing fun nothing fun in the, in the back of your, your moving van. Uh, plus you cause there's going to be that stealing aspect too. There's going to be a temptation. If you start like handing a bunch of guns to a mover, chances are going to be short a couple. Then you have to answer some awkward questions later on when you're filing a report. Right. So obviously you're going to have to, you know, use a trailer yourself and, and take care of your own business with a lot of this stuff. So yeah, I guess when you're downsizing your preps, first things first is obviously leave the bulky stuff for the movers or the, the U-Haul van or whatever, but, Valuable should go with you um, when you're downsizing, no matter what. Uh, one thing I did every time, pretty much, is uh, no matter what vehicle I had, I just installed a Class 2 hitch on the back of the car or truck or whatever it was. Something that will take like a universal square uh, metal joint there for a trailer hitch. And uh, U-Haul trailers are amazingly cheap compared to U-Haul trucks. Just a, a little note, side note for anybody that wants to move. Um, it's a good little truck. It's and, easier and to you, do. U-Hauls, U-Hauls, you can just pay one way, like pick it up in Ontario and drop it in BC and be done with it. You don't have to worry about getting it back or having it returned to its original location. 
Oh yeah, like a lot, I've always done one ways because I've been, you know, I've been moving from like BC to Saskatchewan before and a bunch of other stuff. So I always just throw a trailer on the back of your vehicle, and uh, generally that gives you more than enough room. Like I used to just have the if it didn't fit my car rule, it didn't belong to me kind of rule. But uh, then mm-hmm. as I grew up and you know got a family, I think I had to kind of abandon that that idea. So, <laughs> but yeah, life happens, right? So uh, when you're downsizing, I guess the first thing you got to do is make a last in first out box. So it's one of those boxes where you have your basics for absolute preps, which also comes in handy for everyday life. So, you know, kitchen items, your inventory list of all your numbered boxes that hopefully you numbered ahead of time with everything, with all the contents, even color coded. If you're really cool, you can figure out which room it has to go into. Uh, Not that I've ever done that. Yeah. Uh Um, Essential preps. Well, to save your back and save your friendships, uh, you want to have a hand dolly or a wheeled flat deck truck. And I got the links there in the show notes for those, uh, just to, to save yourself the uh, the actual physical exertion because it gets a little Agreed. bit crazy. The oh. hand dolly is major, major relationship saver. Oh, yeah. And even like the wheeled flat deck truck, like the you get to go to Costco yeah. and you get the ones that like kind of fold into nothing. They, they're like thinner than a table, but they kind of, out, you know, fold out. And you put like three or four boxes and just kind of do like a like an office kind of wheeling around with boxes. Yeah. It's great for elevators and stuff like that. Boy. But uh, wheeled furniture dolly. Yeah. yeah. And you've so, got some that convert from one form to the other, like the little one that I picked up and it owes me nothing. It has been plenty used. So yeah, I fully agreement with you there, but that's, oh, that's yeah. I've made, statement. I've made six or seven of those and I've repaired, I don't know. I want to say about 10 two wheel hand carts for different people that I've worked with and for. Yeah. Those things are indispensable. Oh yeah. And as you get older, you know, nudge, nudge <laughs> yes. for, for, cert, for certain people yeah. like myself like the last thing you want to do is start lifting like three or four boxes uh, at a time and, and mm-hmm. trying to struggle upstairs and everything else is just ridiculous so anyway uh, but enough of the actual moving aspect but for the downsizing um, six and one rule so have you used it uh, in the last year that's your one and do you see a use for it in the next six months if not gone and unfortunately I like it yeah I mean because like there's a lot of stuff we, we hang on to and we're like, well, I might need it one day. It's like that that strange, you know, screw shape or whatever. And you got fifty thousand of them, and you just never use them for like thirty years. Like, why are we hanging out of this stuff, right? And because think, once you throw it out tomorrow, you will need it. That is that's the unwritten sadly rule. true, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> happens <Murphy's> a lot. <laughs> hey, whatever happened to those things? Oh yeah, I threw them out. Yeah, oh, and it, it's happened to be a lot because, uh, like I said, lots of moves under my belt. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I threw those out like two moves ago. Oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> funny how that works. Anyway, but um, I guess when you're downsizing, I guess the first thing you think you have to think of is how much time do you have? It's like time my enemy or is time my friend? Because if you have uh, uh, lots of time, then clearly you can like get rid of stuff a little more efficiently. But I mean, if you have short notice, it's time to like get violent with your downsizing, right? because <laughs> i mean like i said paying by the pound or maybe just not having enough room in the moving van or whatever it's just it's got to cut it down to the bare essentials so uh, i guess with that it is a great chance to rotate your preps so if you have uh batteries is one thing like like disposable batteries like duracells obviously stop buying them six months in advance before you move or whatever um it's a kind of a natural rotation because you'll use up the batteries at your normal rate but then you might reduce your preps a bit for the move. Then, of course, you that money you would have spent otherwise, you can spend after you've moved, providing you save it. <laughs> and then buy the stuff when you move to the new destination. There's no sense you carrying that stuff around when Costco can easily provide you with new batteries when you get there. Yeah. Um, 
Same thing with canned goods, food stuff, uh, stuff in the freezer. You know, like why are we, like why are you sitting there like toting around stuff in the freezer and trying to keep it cold on on a move or whatever? Use up some of your your storage preps out of your freezer because why not? Doesn't it's already bought? Doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, stored gas, same idea. Uh, instead of rotating your gas, just stop buying it for a little while, use it up at your normal rate, and then fill up at destination. They can they can you know carry it for you over there. And then the last thing with the the fuel thing was the propane tank expiry dates. So. Mm-hmm. Gunny, just correct me if I'm wrong, it's 10 years, right? After the uh, tank manufacturer, they, they won't refill them. So if you've got a tank that's close to expiry, well, if you use it up and you've got six months to go, just if you use it up, just maybe sell it or whatever you want to do with it, turn it into a smoker, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah. Gasifier. Gasifier. Or, or a gasifier. gasifier. Yeah. Tanner, and I said it three it. times. Did it work? Did it work? Uh, no, Scott's still not here. He's not here. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing is. Um, yeah, I mean, propane tanks, like, there's no sense carting around ones that are to be, like, unrefillable before long unless you have a, a plan to refill expired ones, but I won't go there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, downsizing preps, uh, going with weight, uh, books, like, uh, I mean, Pierre's not here, so unfortunately him and Mel can't talk about, like, edible plants or whatever, but, like, if you have edible plant books and you never use them, there's no sense keeping them, right? Like, you might as well give them away to somebody who might be able to use them sell them on craigslist whatever uh because books are inherently heavy and bulky and hard to move and make friends angry stuff like that especially but, if you, have but a big you know box what's not heavy what's that digital space take That's... those books and take a picture of them every page Get or just download copy. the ebook yeah i was go gonna ahead. say go to go to, to libgen or whatever something like that or, yeah. or pdf drive and see if you can find a digital version in which case then yeah it's no harm done right I will also say this though: books are an opportunity to build muscle. That, okay, yes. there you go. Oh, okay, all right. And they they, they are good fire starters, just in case too. If you have like a, yes. a, a, yeah. a book on like the communist benefit. Bring the hate mail. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, like a book burning party can be good if it's like the communist manifesto or something. Just saying. Yes. Anyway, uh, canned goods, uh, as they get close to expiry, maybe you're not comfortable. I mean, they, of course, they work past expiry dates, but I mean, like, if you're not happy with moving uh, stuff that's getting older, stuff that you never used, maybe that, that can full of, like, fruit and syrup that you had no intention of eating or whatever, and it's, this expiry date hasn't happened, the food bank will still take them. Um, yeah, maybe you could get some good karma that way. Like, uh, clothes can go to Goodwill as long as there's no stains and they've been cleaned. And like I said, either Craigslist for free or Craigslist uh, for money, either or. But if you want to go on that day, Craigslist for free. And it's amazing what people come and get off the curb, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never gone on Craigslist. Just, I'll just take the opportunity to point out the fact that Pierre is in the live chat. He's not here with us. This was his show topic. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, man? He's probably, he's, probably listening, he's probably listening with one headphone in and just talking with the rest of his family right now. And, uh, just saying. he's on a little trip right now we know that so he is he, he planned it perfectly around the time that we were doing this episode he just said hey let's do this topic and then poof disappeared almost kind of like what ian did to us a few episodes ago yeah like it's, becoming, said, a, yeah. it's becoming a trend it's becoming a trend come up with the idea then promptly bail that's that's good mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah speaking of good karma so if you have a bunch of spare toiletries and you have no intention of using them whether it be uh, hotel soaps or irish spring soap that you decide you just don't like the smell of anymore Donate the toiletries to women's shelter, homeless shelter, you know, whatever. Like, there might be some local shelter of some sort that would gladly take those um, because there's no sense carting them around if you're not going to use them. And I guess the next thing we have to talk about is how small are we going to go with essential preps? 
um, if you're going to go to a smaller apartment, you might not be able to use a generator or a smaller house you might not need it as big of a generator. Depends, I guess. Uh, all depends on where you're headed. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Apartment preps, we talked about that. You know, you can't even have certain things like jerry cans in apartments very often unless it's on the deck or whatever um so there's a lot of things that might not even Probably be allowed there generally yeah. they don't like you having a whole pile of those <laughs> in the apartment yeah exactly i mean like i i think i've got one 20 pounder on the deck at the place in vancouver but that's because we're allowed and um yeah but what else are you gonna do right I, I uh, about moving cans because you mentioned it and it, i've had to do it if it's this kind of temperatures that we have these days here uh, in uh, southern Ontario and eastern Ontario, you've got to contend with the fact that they're going to start freezing unless they're kept under warmth while they're in transport. And while canned goods will generally not spoil from being frozen, a lot of them will kind of end up being funny and tasting a little funny too when they thaw again, just from the freezing effects. Well, and keep... even if they expand a bit and then break the seal, well, then they're pretty much done anyway, right? And that's a problem, absolutely, but yeah. Okay. It depends if it's like something in brine versus something in sugar. It's like, well, whether or not it's going to freeze, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it's something to reduce if you know you're traveling far with those cans. Also for the weight, as you already mentioned, I don't need to harp on that, but yeah, the fact that they don't survive freezing very well, it's something you should keep in mind. All yeah, so that's a great point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so as far as the bare essentials goes, like, I mean, food, water, shelter, obviously you don't need to have like 20 years worth of rice on hand, but if you have enough for a basic setup, once you get there, you can always fill in with the, uh, the detail stuff later. Um, public service announcement, don't move water. They have water where you arrive. <laughs> so just, I know a lot of people actually like have those, like, uh, those pre-filled, like, you know, all those, those clear jugs that they put on the, the, the water dispenser and stuff. Like, yeah, like either just return them, drain them, sell them, whatever you got to like, please don't carry water. That's just silly. Uh, but I've seen people do it. I seriously have helped people move and I'm like, why are we moving this exactly? But just, they have water everywhere. It turns out, um, in your basic preps, obviously in your first in last out box type of thing uh basic blankets change of clothes and then cleaning supplies because if you're going to start up setting up new preps at your new place you want to just uh, clean those cupboards before you shove them in there because there's nothing worse than getting to a new place whether it be a rental or a new ownership of a place and having filthy cupboards that you can start shoving canned goods into but that's pretty much 100%. it yeah that's all i had as somebody who's moved a lot I just can't disagree with anything you put in there, bud. That's all 100%. I've done all of my own moves because I've always been disappointed when somebody else does my moving for me. Well, but so far, we've, we've only paid twice, and that was uh, during extenuating circumstances with young kids and stuff like that. And this time out from Ontario to BC, we got them to move the big heavy stuff, like the couches and the mattresses and stuff like that. But then... Yeah, but then we just uh, had the you know the, the tough stuff. The piano we got we paid to move a piano, which was kind of crazy in hindsight. But anyway, uh, but the rest of the stuff we just ended up moving in a giant trailer behind the truck. Brilliant! That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I was a renter a long time, so. Well, here's here's the uh, the million dollar question. I see Pierre is sitting in the waiting room. Do we let him <laughs> in or no? <sighs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna usurp your authority here. There you go. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh, not now. <laughs> he, he did say in the little private chat here that uh, he'll be back in a minute. He's getting some headphones, but awesome. there you go. He made it. 
<laughs> right. So for myself, for just a couple of topic points here, uh, the main thing for for downsizing is just prioritizing your essentials, right? Like uh, like Ian had said, going through your stuff and figuring out what you're actually using versus what you're not, and then prioritizing what is absolutely essential, taking that with you, paring things down, and then ruining this actually could be a really good um, exercise in just building things again or learning from what you've done already and saying, you know what, I would wish I could fix this. I wish I could fix that. Uh, and just actually doing that and starting, you know, with a fresh slate. So it's, it's not always a negative thing doing the downsize thing. And a lot of people look at it as, Oh no, I'm losing a bunch of stuff could actually be good. Right. Cause you're just starting fresh. Um, take some time to look over uh, multifunction gear. So maybe you've got two or three things that generally do the same things already, or one thing that does all three things. And then pare down or get rid of the two things that you don't need anymore because you got one thing that already does it. Now, of course, get a second of those one things because you need at least two. That's right. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, so nobody yell at me about uh, only having one. But, uh, you know, just identifying things that are just constantly, you know, are being used for the same thing over and over and over and just paring things down a little bit. Uh, and then storage solutions. Obviously, if you're moving into a smaller location, organization and storage is going to be huge. Um, it may even be more so than where you are currently. If you're going from uh, like the example of a full-size house into an apartment, you might have some room to, uh, to store a lot more in the full-size house versus the apartment. So organizing it and, uh, and keeping it um, uh, organized and in some kind of a, a storage solution is going to be key. And I think the big thing to get over is just a mindset shift because things are going to be different. Simple as that. Yes. And and what do we as humans hate? Change. And well, things staying the same. I'm talking about changing the mindset. I mean, like a lot of people to say, well, I paid 20 bucks for this thing. Well, that's great. What's it worth now? Yeah. And is it worth anything? Yeah. As a matter of fact, to, to you even, like like if you're, uh, if you might have paid 20 bucks for that, I don't know, fancy, uh, I don't know, kettle cover or whatever, just to keep your, you know, kettle cozy or whatever. But do you really sure. need that? Like, I mean, come on now. And um, it's it's hard to get around that ownership aspect of it or whatever or just like uh you know sticking to it doubling down on stuff but yeah yep. it's a definitely a change of mindset because yeah you might have had a i don't know a no cost item to, to stick around but it, it actually it's going to cost you in the end to to move that thing or put it into a smaller space it's going to f up your uh your organization and everything else yep yeah, so it, it takes yes, space to store it and it takes space to move it it takes time and energy to move those things around and figure out where it's going to go and then Put it, put it in a new spot when you get to your new place. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with you. Get rid of it. You don't need a kettle cozy. Get rid of it. Even though it was free. See ya. And yeah, it's it's it feels actually really good to drop stuff off at Goodwill just to just to declutter, you know, to declutter a lot of stuff. And uh like I said, there's oh, beer's back. <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I'll jump. I'll jump in. Kind of a couple of quick things I thought of. Um, sure. Stick to the needs and not your wants. Good uh, point. So, what do you get? What do you need? You need food. You need water. Depending on where you live, you need an alternate heat source. Um, you need that generator um, for electricity. If you have a medical device that requires it, absolutely. But can you? get away with a couple of days of, of not having a source of electricity. Just to me, it, it just seems, you know, obviously we, we all know prepping can be, can be an expensive proposition at, at times. And 
we tend to go down some some pretty big rabbit holes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, if you're downsizing, um, you know, you really need to just weigh, is this something I need or is it just something that I really want and would like to have? That's a really good point. The hardest decision when downsizing is when you're looking at an item that you know has a fair bit of monetary value as well. And that, okay, so if you apply that short term, am I going to use it in the next six months? Probably not. But will I use it in the next two years? If it's a tool, man, that's where I have a really hard time getting rid of it. And so I've accumulated a ton of tools. And so I don't have any advice on downsizing tools. <laughs> other than getting... The advice is don't. Well, yeah, don't. The problem if, is... If, they're not getting yeah. cheaper, right? And that's like, the no, issue. Tools are never getting cheaper. And I mean, the thing is, it, it sometimes it takes forever to find one, even if it's at you know a secondhand place or garage sale or whatever. But also, I mean, if you have a secondary place like a cottage up in the middle of nowhere, you can always shove your tools up there or something too. So at least you still have them if need be. But actually, Melissa brings up a really good point. Um, watch tiny home videos and live in a camper to learn how to think outside the box for stock purposes. Um, actually, yeah, like Van City Van Life, he's a he's a YouTuber just down the road from me here, and he. He actually like personifies the whole minimalistic thing and multifunction tools and everything else. And it's tough decisions you have to make to, to figure out what you're going to put in that van, right? I have to agree 100% having done it and now done it recently uh, as a full-time conscious prepper, so to speak, in the last, I've done it twice in the last three years, downsized to a smaller space and lived in a very small space. So the first one was a 12 by 16 little cabin with one single story so that was very little space 12 foot by 16 foot i should be precise and then the second time was in my own cabin up north um and that is a 12 by 16 cabin with a loft so we're talking a fair a big improvement here in, in capacity so i've lived it and it's very difficult if you're used to having larger spaces so i came from previously renting complete family-sized homes so I took a moment to think about those challenges that I lived and I wrote a few notes down. So general principles, yeah. One trick ponies, you got to get rid of them if you can. Multifunction, multi-use, definitely the way to go. Um, we hate one trick ponies in small spaces. Um, you're going to have to buy it in smaller quantities, stash it outside of your immediate living space and living area for your own sanity. Because if you like having a stash of food or a stash of things, fasteners, screws, bolts, you don't use those every day, but you might use those every month. You might use them every couple of months. Get those out of your immediate living space because you'll drive yourself mad. Um, Consider the size of what you're going to store and really do your prep according to the size of those items. So if you got a big generator and you can do away with getting the big one and you can downsize it down also with your living size, man, do it. There's a heck of a difference between moving a 3,000 watt generator and a 6,000 watt generator, isn't there? Right. So oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a big one. Um, Rotate out the old stuff. Just don't replace it. Allow your stashes to get smaller, right? That's a very big one. It'll quickly, quickly reduce your space. I did that with my canning, all my canned foods. 
prior to making the move. I just lived off of that for a while. And yeah, you get bored of it. You get tired of it. But you know what? That also is some good mental and psychological prep for when things are times are hard and you got to live off those preps, man, you're used to it. You know how to add flavor, man, mustard, hot sauce, barbecue sauce. These are all ways to cope with canned goods. It's right. amazing how fast you run to YouTube to get recipes that work with some of that stuff. Cause at least oh, then, the, then you've got that knowledge ahead of time versus trying to figure it out during the, during the emergency. Oh, oh yes. If like me, you hoarded a lot of spices Dried spices keep forever if you store them properly. So they're great to freshen up and make, you know, boring canned goods taste really like high dollar, high value. Um, so that being said, uh, I've always tried to align my storage stuff with my prep strategies. So keep this in mind with your downsizing. What can you grab and go with in under five minutes notice? Because the ultimate prep is, can you go in time with what you need? So five minutes, what can you grab and go with, with one hour's worth of notice? And finally, what you can grab and go with, with under one day's worth of notice. When you got to run, that's usually not much more time that you're going to have. If you got more than one day, you're not running. You're just moving. Um, anything else that you wouldn't grab in those five minute, one hour or one day's worth of notice? It's all surplus. It's all extra. You can really peel that back put it in storage, give it to a friend, right? Give it to someone in your network. Um, some storage strategies for those small spaces. And here's what I've learned. Like there's just five of them. So five storage strategies when you're downsizing. Go vertical, go deep. So ceiling floors, your walls, those are all spaces you can use creatively. You know, hanging racks, things like that. An open vertical space that's unused, that's a storage opportunity you haven't fulfilled yet. Right. You can put a shelf on there. You can hang something from the ceiling to use up that space. All kinds of ways you can do that. Um, you got to fill your unused space and get used to living like in a submarine, as a friend once told me. So, you know, your shower that you use every day. All right. Well, when you're not using it all day long, you can put stuff in there if it's in bins. So uh, that's a storage space you can use. Just think of it that or way. Or water. Right? You can store some water there. Just store water there. Right. Yeah. Sorry, as, as anybody who owns cats or rather cats own us. Right. As anybody who's been a cat guardian knows, you know, you put water there, man, your cat's going to go and find it. They're going to love you. So, yeah, I think that's brilliant. But um, you're probably going to want some space outside your In your area, cold room, a shed. Right. Um, you're going to want caches. I've used my vehicle. As everybody has seen who knows me and sees what looks inside my truck, I've, I've kind of gotten used to living out with that. Um, prioritize everything based on that. And finally, man, develop your people network. Leave some stuff with your people in your people network. And now the major advantage of that is that if you're on the run, if you're happy to be with one of your friends or near them and something happens and you need your stuff, guess what? It's there. Um, there's only a few downsides I can immediately warn you all about. Um, nothing's really fast or easy when you're living in a smaller space and you've not cut down entirely as much as you could on your preps. Um, so where this is going to hurt the most is in your kitchen. Because even though your space is downsized, the amount of food you need to eat every day for you and your family is not going to change. So in the kitchen 
if you have to move a lot of stuff just to get a chopping surface down and do some food prep and oh man it starts to get difficult so just keep that in mind when you're storing and keeping your stuff prioritized food you use every day multiple times a day if your kitchen is too cluttered or too difficult to operate in man you're gonna go nuts i've always found and, mm -hmm. and gone by the rule that the kitchen and the bathroom are the two most important rooms in the home i think you're 100 percent dead on there bud everybody needs to eat as long and drink, as you don't combine the two avoid the waste yeah, if any of those things are broken or not working man that's just just makes living hard that I see Pierre has shown up. Combine. Yes, you fuckers. <laughs> so he was through a tin can with a piece of string. He can still swear. That's amazing. Yeah. He made it. He made it. <laughs> yeah. I had to make sure I had to hit the explicit button, eh? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. <sighs> yes. So I, it took me a while to get this Bluetooth headset to work. To, only got the phone here. And family is being loud, so I'm out now garage having a uh, a conference call i guess you could say so um yeah this was one of my ideas um we recently moved and we had a bit of extra storage where we used to live compared to where we are now so we were stuck figuring out where everything goes and it's figuring out okay, what do we need to keep what do we, we want to keep as essentials and what the things that we've kind of kept on saying we can use that you know at some point and have no reason to keep anymore so yeah going through all that so here we it does are take time. Yeah. yeah yeah there's there's definitely adjustment periods so downsizing is actually good psychological training also for depriving yourself of things and um, a lot of people today are used to having everything they need all the time, right? And that's that's what our civilization, so-called, uh, affords us. And yet, uh, when you're downsizing, you're consciously deciding to do without all of those things that normally would bring you comfort. Um, and so, yeah, it's, and definitely the change part of it is something that's not easy if you haven't done it often if you haven't moved often this is going to be hard for you downsizing if well, you've moved a lot yeah. uh, like some of us here on the panel have this is just going to be old hat okay you're going to know what to prioritize what to put in into your own vehicle and what you're going to trust and allow other people to move you're going to have figured out how to pack things as well uh, when downsizing but the art of downsizing is to just get rid of it before you even have to move it or deal with it. Um, so I go, yes, back to, uh, I go back to what Jeff said, go with your needs versus your wants. Yeah. It's, it's really the best like, advice. I have had, uh, my mom had told me this closet trick years ago that uh, flip uh, January 1st, new year's flip all your stuff around in your closet, your personal closet, your hall closet, wherever. If in July, depending on the, the season, you know, July and, and December, if it's still turned the same way you put it on January 1st, it means you haven't used it in six months to a year, get rid of it. It's gone. Yeah. Do the same yeah. with all and, your and make stuff. sure. Yeah, and when you do that stuff, make sure it's not seasonal stuff that, you know, you decide to do this as spring well, shows up and by fall, you're saying. Yeah. 
in, yeah, in December. Sure if you if you haven't used that stuff all summer, get rid of it. In July, if you didn't use it all winter, get rid of it. So you're not going to use it again. No. Same with your just, kitchen stuff. That uh, if, if like go to the back of your cupboards, if it's still sitting there, get rid of it. But I really would like my slap chop. <laughs> well, that's a multifunctional one, isn't it? Although I find that having having lived in a dry cabin, the simpler your cleaning is also the better. So a knife is infinitely easier to clean and use under many different situations than a lot of different cutting appliances that I've had and dragged up there. I ended up almost all the time using a straight kitchen knife type blade. You know, the typical one where you've got a, an almost triangular shape to the blade with a convex upper uh, spine and also a convex um, uh, grind and edge. And you get a fantastic uh, cutting shape out of the classic kitchen knife. And that's what I used most of the time. Now and then I used a smaller knife. And so if you got to downsize your kitchen down to something like a chopping board or two, uh, definitely those are the two things that are going to come of use the most is well, those two kinds of knives and, and if you is... want to not have a belt down you want to make sure if you got one kitchen knife that's in main use it's a good one not a not a two dollar walmart one right like get a, yes. get a wood soft not a not a, a walmart special yes i i uh, long ago uh, figured out the way to get good knives was to go to the Salivation Armies and those kinds of places, St. Vincent de Paul in Ottawa. And I would go looking around in the knife bins. And very often I would find a knife that's been just badly mistreated, but it's really good steel and a good brand. And so I got to recognizing Japanese and American steel. It's not often I saw good German knives in the bin. Um, that's like a treasure. But uh, once I found those, I would take them home and lovingly give them a nice cutting edge. And away I went. And I still have those knives. I have a really nice Cutco blade. I've got another nice Japanese kitchen knife. And those were you know, little items. But I was able to pare down all of my items down in a tiny place. And those are the two I use the most. My Japanese and my Cutco. And I used both of those. Um, the can openers, oh man. Yes, I saw that. Don't ever throw out can openers. You need them all. No. All 37 of them. But I would got to get those and trampolines. But, yeah, because yeah, you never know when the meteor is going to come in. You want to get that trampoline in motion, <clears> right? <throat> but uh, the, the can openers, we bought a couple extra ones, you know, on Brad's advice there. And, you know, some of them just don't work that well. Now they're sitting in the drawer right, right now. And that's one of those things where we would be like, it doesn't work with the dam. I'm just going to like toss it versus move it with me next time because. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, quality if items, man. It doesn't work. Get rid of it. The, yeah, the trouble is, yeah. is when you when you find a really good can opener, you've got to remember to go you buy, find a buy one. same one again and buy two or three. Oh, get the swing away. Don't get the uh, the dollar store ones, right? No, swing away. <laughs> yeah, definitely swing away. But they're swing away and they're swing away. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what, one thing we found that helped moving was obviously throw everything in bins and then we marked all the bins and boxes and say, okay, this is all the stuff that we're going to put in this area. And then the square footage and area of those things have changed. So now we start organizing my priority, just being like, well, we actually, we've had this on our shelf, you know, for the daughter's crafts or it was, you know, the gun bench, you know, I kept 
everything. I came with everything, and I'm like, I could probably siphon through some of this because most of it's just hanging around being a waste of space. And then, of course, we had almost everything double for a kitchen because all the nice stuff that we got over the years, we were like, well, we're going to keep that for our house when we got a house. Well, we had everything in a kitchen prior and then everything for a kitchen inside a bin. So it, it's it's always nice to say you want to keep this and keep that because there's probably some emotional stuff or, you know, good times with it or whatever, but you really got to either find thrifty ways of having that extra storage. Like we were able to knock down a bit of a wall and utilize a space in our closet that now we can put all our hunting clothes, all our hunting bags, a bunch of bins for, you know, outdoor stuff that <clears throat> we don't have that extra storage space for. So, you know, we kind of thought outside the box while we were doing the renos, let's knock this wall down and this wall down and then extend it. And it's working out right now. It gave us another wall that now we have a bookshelf. So we like books. So we have somewhere to put all that stuff and expand on, but we, we kind of made a little hideaway compartment that we were able to, you know, utilize a, a small square footage of a room that you would normally have for everything that's kind of tucked away, easy to get to still, that if we just wake up one morning and say we want to go do a, a small game uh, morning as a family, we can easily get dressed in good warm clothes, grab all our gear, be out the door real quick. So utilizing the voids that uh, you don't think are going to be useful and trying to think outside the box whether you got to build something or just figure out how to make uh, bins you have or bags or boxes that you have fit in those areas and you can keep everything where it is a, was, a, was a big time saver for us. I would definitely say um, over boxes, choose bins, especially oh, if your items are going to change temperature often. Uh, yeah. The boxes will not last over time and then there's the other thing that boxes are things that rats and mice and squirrels just love munching on. And, and the temperature change will will cause the boxes to molt. Definitely. Definitely. A little bit so of dampness. Yes. Um, spray down the outside of a bin and see what happens. Spray down the side of a box. Um, I've, I only go to Home Depot now and I buy those black bins with the yellow lids. They stack nicely. They're universal. Pierre, Pierre buying yeah. something from Home Depot. That's that's an odd uh, way odd to choice. do it. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. That's, uh, I was going to say, you, you go there to buy, buy uh, blue buckets, right? Yeah, 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 blue buckets. And to bring to the fight <laughs> with the maple buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah blue buckets bins. full of maple buffalo. <laughs> yeah. um, but honestly, best bang for your buck. Um, I think they're $11, $12, even when they're not on sale. They're yeah. really heavy duty. We all have those blue bins that you buy at Walmart for fifteen twenty dollars, and yeah. you bet and they break a few months later. Yeah, or the the lid never seals properly or whatever. Um, yeah. These stack way better, always within price point, even when they're not on sale. Um, so I have a bunch of those. We just need a few of them. So we're rethinking. Okay, we're gonna have all these bins that are sitting around. So that's gonna be the stuff that we don't use every day in the house. Um, we utilize a shelf space in odd areas to start canning, you know, uh, not canning, but uh, keeping our stock of food and realize that we bought so much extra food because, oh, it's on a good deal. And two years later, we've never touched it and we don't plan on using it. So we're really rethinking, you know, 
when you move all your stock of food and realize it's been there for so long, completely useless, you have no need for it, you don't plan on eating it, um, really thinking how we purchase stock food to keep those backups for preps, making sure it's actually something you're going to eat and not just be like, well, I'll eat it if I have to, but just we enjoy because we don't have that extra space that's, oh, just throw it in that corner anymore. So that's a big thing. Needs versus wants. Yeah, my mindset shift. That's it's a big one um, that I had adapted to. It's, it's a healthy thing, though. Um, at first, it's it's like any other change. It's a lot of disruption, especially if you have to carry on with your normal day, you know, going to work, uh, you know, raising the kids, uh, the normal house maintenance stuff. And then, well, you throw in renos in there and the fact that you're adapting to a new space. So you're naturally going to need to build things. You're going to be shifting things. You're going to be uh, creating storage spaces wherever you can. That's all time and change and more disruption. And while you're in that transition time, you're going to find that you're going to go a little crazy at times. Well, I thought I'd moved that there. Oh, no, we just recently moved it there. Um, and these are the things that cause daily disruption when you're in the middle of that transition. But um, once you achieve it and you get to that point of stability, it is definitely definitely worth it uh, yep like, but it uh, does take time like us, and patience yeah yeah and i mean you guys have seen the pictures and some of you have seen it in person like we didn't have an island really in the kitchen um but we made an island because we had workbenches that are heavy duty wood tops put two of them back to back they're adjustable height they work really well for island for us and i'm like well all this utilize space underneath we had some wood laying around so i was able to build a shelf that's six feet long with three compartments underneath it with stuff i already had at home including the screws everything and i'm like that just doubled the square footage of where we can put um you know your your kitchen appliances uh you know your mixer um whether you have like we have dehydrators so we can put that under there or pots and pans we can put there so they're not taking up cupboard space so now we've got utilized the more room in the kitchen by just using what we have and kind of thinking outside the box right nobody really a lot of people wouldn't say like you know a workbench you know two workbenches back to back you know and bolted together is a nice island but it works so much better than putting cabinets and spending you know how much does it cost to put an island together and put a countertop on it? Even if we go cheap in the cheap, it's going to be what a thousand dollars. So utilizing what you have and creating storage while you creating um, usable space for us is a big thing. Uh, as many of you guys know, me and Mel absolutely love cooking, doing meal preps, and having mm -hmm. fancy meals, and we we can cook nothing from anything, anything and yeah and Mostly tastes good, except for that one batch of potatoes. Hey, hey, hey. potatoes were fine. Potatoes were no, fine. No, they weren't. But, <laughs> you know, so us in the kitchen, we can be in the kitchen all day, and we can end up, with, you know, doing dishes six times. So us, that kitchen is kind of like our zone, you know, when we get away from everything, put some music on in the background, get the daughter in there, and we could cook all day and, forget, you know, make the day go by. So us having somewhere where we can have everything in our kitchen 
utilize that space. You know, we reused um, the daughter's kind of grown out of having little toys around. So, you know, those uh, toy bin organizers that you can buy. Well, now we've got that in our kitchen and we were like, hey, we can put our potatoes, our onions, our garlic, all that stuff in those bins. Doesn't take up much room, but it takes everything out of putting it in a cupboard or somewhere where you might forget about a batch of potatoes. You know, you'll notice that smell of the rotten potatoes at the back of the cupboard that you completely forgot about. Yeah, but the because this is now out in the open, right? It's a lot easier. So we we just had to think outside the box for almost everything and just be like, okay, how can we utilize, you know, let's say a hundred square feet and put it into you know fifty square feet without making it look cluttered, and it's I have it's to say the not easy. Looks fantastic. Really yeah, good idea. And you're the fact that uh, your your old place where you moved from, the kitchen was more of like the uh, one way in, one way out, and now you've got a much. Yeah. Even though your kitchen is really only one wall. Now with that island, you have a lot more space and a lot more movement flow traffic in there. I think it works a whole yeah. lot better. Yeah. So it's just trying to think outside the box is one of the biggest things and one of the hardest things, right? Like we've had, we've kept on this stuff, uh, memory bins and, you know, good stuff. The, the daughter has made for us and it's like, okay, well, we can't keep every piece of paper she's scribbled on, you know, but <laughs> so we got to you want to, but it's just like, you know, we can't keep this, we can't keep that. Or she's not, you know, she's not into doing, playing with these toys anymore. So it's like, we've got to get her to be okay with, you know, like, look, you're not using it. You're not, you know, making any use of this. Like, but let's, you know, move on from this. And yeah, trying to, so that's another big one is moving uh, with kids that are young and they want to hold on to everything, trying to, you know, incorporate them into the movement. Like, okay, well, this is what you have to keep. And, you know, getting them to make the decision on what they want to get rid of instead of just going in with a garbage bag, which I mean, we're all guilty of, I'm I'm assuming. And just saying, we don't have the room for this. You can have this now and take this away. Getting them to help organize and everything has made that transition quite a bit easier. Yeah, same idea. Just take one of those yellow bins uh, or black bins with the yellow lids and just uh, use that as your Goodwill box. If you throw something in there, and it's a month between trips to Goodwill and nobody goes back to yank it out, it's probably a good idea. Just to Time to go. Yep. Let it ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I think we've uh, we've touched on a lot of really good points um, for for downsizing and compacting uh, just your your general preps and such. Um, hopefully, it helps some people out and helps. Uh, get people into the mindset if they if they're in that situation where they got to downsize things it's uh, any last minute uh, thoughts from any uh, panelists before we move into the podcast challenge nope. anybody anybody going to mention terry's question does anybody really downsize their preps asking for their friend there well you do when life gets yes. in the way <laughs> you do when you have a ford you do it when you have to <laughs> <laughs> there you go you got to save money for the Ford repairs well if you got rid of the Ford and went to, to Tacoma you'd be upgrading not downsizing this is well, true uh, well there's, there's that um, I don't use my tools nearly as much since I've got the taco but I will say this 
since I ditched my very old square body-ish truck, it was a year 2000 truck, um, and it had an eight-foot long box, I am struggling with the amount of space my vehicle EDC and my vehicle preps are taking up. So um, I might have to do a little bit of fabrication to cope. Sounds like it's time to downsize, Claude. It does, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well well played, Brad. Well played. Nicely. All right. With that, let's move into the podcast challenge, shall we? So uh, podcast challenge, everybody, give downsizing a try. Might make things easier to organize, inventory, or just find where it is and send us uh, send us your results if you want and see how you did. And upcoming events. All right. We have the Comox 2024 Ham Swap and Flea Market. It is the most Western ham fest in Canada. I can't verify that, but that's what they're advertising. Um, April 21st. Got, it's got to be true then. It's got to be true. Gotta, it's, it's on the it's internet. On the, it's on the internet. Yeah, I, I read it. So, uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on April 21st in Murville. It's, it's a lot less rednecky than it sounds. Uh, just north of Comox. And let's see here. If you need more information, you can contact Brian. His call sign is Victor Echo 7 Romeo Delta. And his email, in typical boomer fashion, he missed a letter. But, anyways, it's sells 795 at telus.net. Very nice. Uh, annual peppers meet is still coming up. So uh, check out annualpreppersmeet.com and get your tickets. I think early bird tickets are still out there. So if you haven't gone already, end check it out. Month. End of the month. Ah, they end the early bird tickets. Perfect. So tickets right now are a hundred bucks. And I believe they go up to 125 or 150. I'm not a hundred percent sure. That was a lot of a hundreds in a sentence. Yeah. All right, Jeff, you got a weather blurb. I do. So it's been a couple of weeks, obviously, since I've been here. And really in those two weeks, there's been one word and it's cold. Uh, it's been cold, as Ian mentioned, even out in uh, BC and Vancouver Island and that it got cold and they got snow. Uh, it's been incredibly cold across the prairies, places in Alberta. We're getting into the minus 40s. Um, but uh, that's uh, about to change. And I'll get into that in a bit. But uh, we have a warming trend coming this week. But however, in between uh, the warm and the cold, it is, uh, you get that transition. And unfortunately, uh, and that transition looks like it's going to cause a pretty good ice storm down in the south central U.S. and up into the Ohio Valley area over the next few days. Uh, Freezing rain is expected to start tonight over Oklahoma. The areas of northern Arkansas, it'll spread northeastward overnight into Missouri by midday Monday. Uh, Some of those places will start to transition to rain. But there's a good chance that uh, some of those places could see up to a quarter inch of ice. uh, And that's definitely enough to uh, break tree limbs, uh, bring down hydro poles, hydro wires. So um, power outages are a a good possibility there. Uh, By midday Monday, the ice will move into Illinois. And by the evening, it's going to move into western Ohio and kind kind of stall there a little bit and uh, kind of spin around. Um, So overnight, uh, the freezing rain will linger in Illinois, into Indiana and Ohio. Uh, By Tuesday morning, we can see a bit of a changeover to snow for some of those areas, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Central Michigan. Uh, And then by late Tuesday, Wednesday is when the warm-up starts. Uh, Most places will be uh, above freezing. Some places may even see uh, above normal temperatures. 
and the warmth is going to remain in the area for the better part of the week with a bit of a cool down expected uh, next week or next weekend, sorry. Uh, but uh, outside of though the big ice storm, uh, things are looking fairly tranquil for the next, uh, I would say, six to eight days. Tranquil is a nice word. I like yeah, I was going to use the Q word, but I don't want to get beat up. So. No, don't use that. That's a bad word. Yeah, no, don't swear like that. You'd be at the level up here that actually worse. Oh, whoa, that's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, deal of the week. All right, uh, maybe not uh, yellow and black plastic uh, boxes, which I know are the best. I like them myself. Uh, but we have, some, we have some Plano plastic uh, storage crates uh, in various shapes and sizes. <laughs> They're white, not OD green. So maybe it's good for the OPSEC. I don't know. Uh, at Cabela's.ca, it's uh, 30 to 50% off this week. And uh, there are actually some pretty handy little items. Very nice. I have about 10 of the... 54 or 56 quart ones or liter ones, whatever. And I love them. They are awesome. Yeah. yeah so I picked up a couple of those in the States, but they came in the, the cool green. So anyway. Oh, very nice. Well, with that, I'll bring episode number 227 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Please uh, submit a review does help other people find us and we do record these shows live on youtube and facebook uh sorry ian but if you want an early peek at the shows please subscribe to the youtube channel canadian prepper podcast and click the notifications tab that gives you an alert when we are going live if you want to reach out to me you can contact me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca i don't need facebook i've got spicy facebook now <laughs> oh, there you go. I can be reached at batbradcpp at gmail.com if anyone needs me. Pierre? Oh, he's Pierre's gone. Hey, Pierre's, oh, Pierre's gone. gone. Yeah. Pierre and Frugal, we can't hear. Frugal. Well, I've got some uh, user issues. There we go. You can find me, the Frugal Gunny, on YouTube. Rumble, Facebook, Instagram, and the CBP Discord. All right. Well, you can find me on none of those places. Uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on YouTube. We record live on Monday evenings, same bat time, same bat channel as here, so 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm also on two groups on gab.com, spicy Facebook. Uh, one's called Ham Radio Canada. The other one is Homesteading and Preparedness Canada. And there you can find us discussing why government waste and general degradation of society has been posting on the spicy Facebook and trying to filter through all the inflammatory <laughs> posts. <laughs> oh, spicy Facebook. I like it. I, uh, <laughs> I like that. All right. And, uh, check out uh, Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at a feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. As we wrap up another insightful episode of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, we want to extend our gratitude to our listeners for joining us on this journey of preparedness. Remember, the key to survival is knowledge and readiness. 
If you want to support the show and engage with our community further, consider signing up for our Patreon and joining our thriving community on Discord. Links are in the description. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave us a review. This is the Canadian Prepper Podcast, signing off. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.